is Ronaldo. Oh, my goodness. You don't save those. Out of this world. Messi. 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 There are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross and Dempsey is denied again. And Donovan has scored. Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA. Certainly through. Oh, it's incredible. You could not write a script like this. For the fourth time, the United States of America are crown champions of the world. From the international stage to right here at home, this is FUVFC, talking all things soccer on WFUV Sports. Welcome, welcome everyone to another episode of FUVFC. I'm Michael Hernandez, joined by James Burley and Gino Alva. Guys, it's been a while. How are we? I'm very good, Michael. Uh, You're right, it has been a while. Good to be back in studio with the two of you guys. It hasn't been this crew since... I think before the World Cup, the three of us. It, I don't think I've been on since the World Cup. When we were, it's yeah, been a long when we were time, talking yeah. about the Queen, Gino, you had the the uh, privilege of being there to read that news. That, Gino, what's that, going on, man? That is the last time I think I've been on FUVFC. But yeah, it's been a crazy week in soccer. I mean, talk about uh, the Arsenal versus Man U game. We got to talk about that and uh, exciting news in America that we're going to get into. Yeah, yeah, a lot of things to get into uh, this episode. But first, we're going to start off with the U.S. men's national team. And uh, and, and uh, in a friendly that they had, they lost 1-2 to Serbia. And, uh, James, I'm going to hand it over to you. Uh, what was your take on it? Well, the main take from a, any January camp U.S. fixture is that there isn't much to take away and that, you know, the team is l- largely young MLS-based squad where it's – Guys who generally wouldn't get many opportunities with the national team are going to get them now. I mean, we saw, I think, if we're going to take individual takeaways from anybody, Gaga Slonina had a good game in net, um, made a couple of really nice saves. Brandon Vasquez was clinical on his finish, and some people were saying he should have been in the team in Qatar. Cade Cowell looked really active on the uh, on the wing, really dynamic. I thought he had a good game. But overall, it was you know pretty flat performance, pretty empty stadium. It's a January camp type of game, and uh, Serbia with two goals and four minutes of play to to just turn it around to to get the win over the U.S. And what in the end is just just a just a trial run for a lot of these guys, and for Anthony Hudson, who is now the interim head coach. You know, given all the turnover in U.S. soccer, I'm, I know uh, Gino, you you mentioned it before the show started. We were going to talk about that. It's it's really just seems like it's the changing of the guard now for U.S. soccer ahead of what is going to be the most important cycle, uh, World Cup cycle and World Cup soccer history, and U.S. soccer history, excuse me. So I think to see now with the news that Ernie Stewart steps down and actually upgraded his job to PSV Eindhoven's uh, sporting director, which is not only more stable and more, you know, on-hand focusing, but you're actually going to be around the team all the time because it's a club and not a national team, uh, one of the bigger clubs in, in the Netherlands as well. So Good for Ernie Stewart to get back to the Netherlands and Brian McBride out as general general manager, Jay Bearhalter out in uh, U.S. Soccer admin. So there's 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 a whole new dynamic here moving forward. And but that doesn't mean that Greg Berhalter is not going to be the head coach moving forward. Which I thought, you know, to hear Cindy Parlocone and and uh, say that her his job was not, you know, 
he's still being considered. Uh, he certainly doesn't have the job now, but moving forward, um, there's going to be some big decisions in U.S. soccer. It's definitely one of the biggest scandals I've seen in a long time <laughs> in U.S. soccer history. I mean, talk about pre-World Cup when we thought Gio was Gio Reyna was going to be a part of this, you know, obviously young, talented generation of American athletes going to the World Cup and play, but we obviously didn't see him play in the World Cup. And then afterwards, literally, I think a couple days after USA has been eliminated from the World Cup, we saw the news with Gio saying that he was that Greg Berhalter said that you know Gio wasn't part of his plans. And then comes you know the upcoming lash of news of you know betrayal and you know all these different kind of uh, news uh, that was coming out. But I think you know, I think James, I think we were on the podcast with Keenan and James, and we were talking about you know the future of U.S. soccer and will Berhalter still be the coach? And obviously, we know now that I don't think we're He's not going to be part of this American team. So definitely with this new news in America, these new tournaments that are happening, we're going to see a different Team USA, and hopefully we get the right man for the job. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, when uh, the U.S. is hosting the World Cup in 2026, they are, you know, all eyes will be on them, and especially uh, the way that the events have happened over the past couple of months have maybe uh, cast a bit of doubt. Uh, But looking ahead at the U.S. men's national team schedule, their next match is against Colombia. Um, I am Colombian, so I'm not sure who I'll be rooting for there. Uh, James, oh. who do you think is going to win that one? Um, I think we'll both, like again, it's it's a January uh, FIFA window post-World Cup. Neither team brought their best players. I think mm-hmm. a lot of interesting uh, players on the Colombian team, a lot of guys who play in Major League Soccer, including New York Red Bulls defender Andres Reyes, LAFC striker Chicho Arango. He might be on the move, though, outside the league. We'll talk about MLS transfer news in a minute. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think I think this is going to be another even game where both teams really just try to – players try to just make, make a good impression. Um, I think Colombia probably still has the stronger side on paper maybe, uh, and we'll see, we'll see how the U.S. Um, – sets up again we we weren't sure if they would set up the same way as they normally do under Bearhalter being that this is the first game since 2018 that Bearhalter's not you know been in charge of the team so but they did line up in the 4-3-3 pretty sim- pretty standard shape with the dual eights um and I don't think the midfield looked very good so I'm going to give Columbia the edge uh but uh, again it's not about the results I'm really just more looking forward to seeing what players can May maybe just stand out a little bit among the rest. Um, I hope I hope Slonina gets another run in goal because uh, Sean Johnson. We'll talk about him later too because he's on the move in MLS. But um, he's in his mid thirties now. We we don't really need to be playing him at a January camp. Roman Salentano maybe he gets a look. He had a decent season with uh, with excuse me with FC Cincinnati in net. So outside outside of a few guys, I'd like to see JMI Tolkien one of them. Uh, I, there's not much to talk about around these games. I think I'm going to give the edge on Columbia. I think the past 10 years we've seen an uh, insurgence of Colombian football, talented, talented, talented players going to Europe and, you know, everywhere in the world. So I think with this call-up, you know, I see here the squad list is average of 25-year-olds. Um, obviously, most of their forwards play in, in the MLS. So, you know, with this new head coach and with this new qualifier that's going to happen for the 2026 World Cup, I do think this Colombian team, with you know not their star players, are going to be playing this upcoming friendly. But um, I am going to give the vote to Colombia, but it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be like a two-one, possibly. Colombia. Thanks for the vote of confidence. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say that Colombia's going to win it as well, just because. Uh, honestly, I, I feel like Colombia's a better team. Um, but Gino, you actually mentioned this a couple of minutes ago. 
Um, there is another major in international tournament that the U.S. will be a part of. Uh, right. This is kind of breaking news. This happened around a couple of hours ago. Yeah. Uh, the U.S. will be hosting the 2024 Copa America. James, what's your instant take on this? Oh, the instant take is good because now in the lead-up to a World Cup, the U.S. will be playing against really good competition. Obviously, in CONCACAF, it's not doesn't measure up to Europe or South America, and in many cases, even Asia and Africa. Uh, I would say now that they have the opportunity to play in an expanded field of the Copa America where you know, they're going to be playing against not only the best of CONMEBOL and all of CONMEBOL, but they're going to be playing with the best of CONCACAF as well. And I think because CONCACAF has improved in the past few years, I mean, we saw what Canada was able to do in qualifying, and while they didn't get out of that group stage, they, they did play... To, they played it in a way that they earned respect from the rest of the world, and I think that you know, Mexico played underneath their standards, Costa Rica, to a degree that that one result in, in the middle of the pack, where, where at one point it was Japan and Costa Rica through. I think people people are starting to take notice now that CONCACAF, you know, it's not, it's, not, it's not a major confederation by any standards, but it's certainly on the up. So to have the top four or five teams from CONCACAF as well as all the 10 teams from Commonwealth creates a really competitive field, and that's only good for the U.S. The only thing that I would say is detrimental is that it's in America. However, so will the World Cup. So it's not that big a deal. Like one, of, I think one of our problems as in the U.S., we play so many games on home soil because it's so easy for other national teams to come and travel to the U.S. Mexico plays more home games in America than they do in Mexico now. That's a fact because, really? it's, because wow. it's easier for them to schedule games and get fans. So other national teams, when they want to schedule friendlies, they want to come to America. The Gold Cup, it's in America every year. It's, the U.S. has gotten good at playing on home soil because it's pretty much all they do. They, they struggle on away soil. That's why we won one game on the road in World Cup qualifying. And, but it's not as big of a deal this time around that the, this Copa America will be in the U.S. It's just like the 2016 one, right? Which yes. was the 100 years. And I don't, I don't know if you remember, but we didn't qualify for the 2018 World Cup. Oh, we, we didn't. I had no idea. And we only won three games that entire cycle, all yeah. three of which were at home. But the 2026 World Cup will be – we've already qualified for it because we're hosting well, yeah. it. And it's going to be in the U.S. So maybe that's not as big of a deal as it has been in the past. I think, personally, this is a good thing, all things considered. There's there's no way that, this, that you can look at this tournament being in the U.S. and the U.S. being in it and say – that there's a net negative for U.S. soccer. Of course, it's a good thing. It's going to fill stadiums. We're going to have this. Could be Messi could be could be still be playing with with Argentina in twenty the summer twenty twenty four. You could be. He, he, I I think he still will. You think it's very likely that I he still so. will. Yeah. This is this is the, the stars like Messi, Neymar. Like we know, we're growing in Concacaf. They don't exist in Concacaf. All right. So this is going to be a very good thing not only for the u.s national team's growth and quality but for the game's growth in america and to get some hype building up ahead of the world cup which is already going to be the biggest world cup of all time i think it's a very exciting summer 2024 especially you know uh more for north and south america i mean team usa will have a great competition there you know playing against these south american teams and the most important thing that people are going to see is that the world's best players are going to be playing in america because they're mostly from south america and after all, the World Cup belongs and is in the Americas. So Argentina is the World Cup winner. It's going to be playing in North America. Hopefully, the, we don't know where the final is going to be. Hopefully, it's going to be probably MetLife, like last time in 2016. But I prefer MetLife Stadium to be 
the final venue for the World Cup in 2026. Why not have both? I think it's, I think, well, in 2016, it was MetLife's, and I think, uh, so I think CONCACAF wants uh, AT&T Stadium to be the final for the 2026 World Cup, just because of yeah. capacity-wise, 100,000 uh, seat capacity. Is, is that the capacity? Oh, I think well, it is. What's the MetLife capacity? Does it's like 85,000. That's 80 still 000. decent. Anybody anybody in there know off the top of their heads? Anyone, Anyone in the MetLife capacity? In the producer's room? Anyone? That's all right. Uh, like 85,000. <laughs> but, but I found it really interesting how, you know, this host country debacle happened. I mean, originally it was going to be in Ecuador. Yeah. And then uh, I guess some FIFA executives or Comobol executives went to Ecuador to see the venues and... I guess the Ecuadorian Federation declined to host the country, so it, it was either down to Peru or USA. And thankfully, USA, because uh, we're here, obviously. But uh, I'm you just. You would have liked Peru, too. I Yeah, I won regardless. But uh, I'm, I'm, the new format is obviously the 10 Coleman Bowl teams are going to be in it, and six CONCACAF yeah, participants 16 total, yeah. will qualify through the 2023 and 2024 CONCACAF Nations League. So obviously, we're going to see. USA, Mexico, Canada, and uh, I guess what's the other teams? Costa Rica, Panama, if they qualify? I'd say Costa Rica could be that fourth. Panama, yeah. I think Costa Rica is already technically qualified now. Are they qualified? I don't know. Well, we got to check that out. Well, I, I, we can look that up real quick, but I I, I think I just want to, to reiterate that the, the top end of CONCACAF is, is they're all serious national teams. I, yeah. I want to make that known. Costa Rica isn't a team that just limps into the World Cup every year. They're a team that goes and actually competes like yeah. this is, we have to remember that Costa Rica for five minutes I think we're, we're, we're advancing we're alongside advancing Japan through, yeah. through ahead of we're Germany ahead and Spain of, yeah, for yeah five minutes yeah. but um it's gonna be an exciting summer I mean, I mean one thing to note is like you said in the 2016 version uh the USA placed fourth if I'm not mistaken so yeah, that's correct fourth, yep, so you know who finished third Colombia I know that I, I, I was in Colombia at the time and I was really, really? annoyed <laughs> that the USA did not get the third place everyone was there everyone there was, was happy, happy. And, I, and i'm just there like <laughs> well, well i didn't get third I... you know it's funny you mentioned that because the u.s played colombia twice at the 2016 copa america in the group stage yeah, and the in opener, the, the opener uh, yeah the opener they lost both times the u.s lost both times Yikes. but the u.s still topped the group because costa rica beat colombia so this yeah. all this all comes together yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. we're talking about costa rica and the last time messi was on u.s soil was against the United States when he did the free kick goal. Was yeah. the last time he was on U.S. soil? I think so. Playing against in a competition, I think. I think okay, they're in a com- I was gonna that say. F- I think that free kick was it was disgusting. Four one, four zero. Four nil. Four nil. There's a lot of there's a lot of yellow cards and injuries that that killed the U.S. In Houston that game. too. Yeah, Brad Guzan got absolutely exposed on that one. That was brutal. But yeah, no, I mean this should be a very very uh, exciting competition, and, uh, and it's you know, good for U.S. soccer too it is. because it's the Copa America, the second, I guess consider the Euro- the Euros or Copa America, it's one of the most important uh, continental tournaments. And then the following two years is the World Cup. So it's good for the Americans mm-hmm. and people who live here, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. The, the summer of 2024 is going to be a jam-packed one for soccer fans because not only do we have the Copa America in the U.S., yeah. it's, also, it's also the time of the Euros. So both competitions are going to be held at the same I, time. Yeah, I think what FIFA Both of them are, I believe, right now are with Fox Sports. So it's going to be very interesting right. to see how they yeah. handle two competitions with two different tournaments being played at the same time, probably the same t- like time of day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's a 2024 problem. But yeah, I mean, I, I, everything's looking up of, of for the U.S. You know, with the Copa America, uh, the, the Women's World Cup in 2023, um, with the USA looking to to defend their crown. And yeah, everything's kind of on the road to 2026. But uh, as we move away from international 
uh, football, we're going to go to one of my favorite leagues in the world, the MLS. Isn't that I, right, James? It should, it, you don't say the, though. You wouldn't <laughs> say the Major League Soccer, would the you? The Major League Soccer. No, you the, the, historic the historic MLS. Major league see, because now you're saying historic, so that kind of works. That's better, if you want to call it that. It's rising. It, it, it's it on its rising. way up. I it's on its way up. But uh, a, a, a bit of news that has happened recently uh, involving my MLS team, NYCFC, uh, Sean Johnson has moved to Toronto. Uh, James, what's yes. your take being the uh, MLS expert? Well, if if you want to look at it from the scope of, you know, the local team that you support, NYCFC, the team that plays just uh, 20 minutes down the road yeah. from where we're, we're sitting right now, it's a big deal because you not only lose one of the best shot stoppers in Major League Soccer in Sean Johnson, but you you also lose a veteran presence, a captain, captain. and probably the backbone of the team that led to the 2021 MLS Cup Championship. And the Campeones Cup in 2022. Yeah, Let's not forget okay. that. Okay, the Campeones Cup is pointless. I'm just going to put okay. that out there That's again. The Mouse how many have a how, how many of those have the Red Bulls one? Oh. I forgot. Uh, zero. Oh, they well, haven't played in one. And uh, they and? don't and and no one cares. Wow. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I would, I would even, I'll say this. I think MLS has won all but one of the Campeones Cups. That's normally something I'd celebrate. Couldn't care less. That's just, that's just the way that that trophy is. You wanted to sneak in a little point, like a little jab there. Well, yeah, I wasn't going to let you. For it. I wasn't going to let you. For it. I've had that lined up since we decided that we were going to talk about all right. MLS. All so. right, fine. Well, you know what? While NYCFC polishes their Campeones Cup in the in the trophy shelf, they're letting all their best players Ooh. walk. They are, yeah. Tate Castellanos mm-hmm. left for Hirona midseason last yep. year. Alexander Cayens, who was probably top three or four center back in the league, is in Hirona as well. Oh. You lost Maxi Morales. And now Sean Johnson. That's five that's five key players. That's massive. And Heber Araujo, who is who is the second striker behind Tati. Eberton, who is yeah. who is a, you've got a, a secondary contributor there who's no longer with the team. Now now you talk about a team that went from probably stably, like stability wise. You could count on them being in the top three or four of the conference year after year. Now you look at this team, it's got gaping holes in it, so much turnover. It does not resemble the team that won in 2021. Um, they also lost James Sands, uh, who is now playing overseas on loan, but signs show that that's probably going to stay that way. Now the, the, the gaps in this team are probably far too big where you could suggest a run this year. I wouldn't say the playoffs are out of the question because they've still got some they were so deep last year that they have cover in a lot of areas. If Talis Magno can be a can be you know a, a promising striker in this league, then you have cover at at up front. You know you've got Thiago Andrade on the wing and in the middle Pereira, Parks, Morales. There's there there there's foundation there, and in central defense you're gonna need Maxime Cheneau to take up the load of what Alexander Cayens did last year. He probably won't be able to do it. But Cayenne's, uh, sorry, excuse me, but Cheneau and um, uh, Martins in central defense is probably good enough to keep things at bay. And Matt Freeze, who they just signed from Philly Union, is going to take over in goal most likely. Probably been due to be given a starting job, but now this is a big, big task because he's been assigned at just 24 years old now. That's young for a, goal ke- for a goalkeeper to take over for Sean Johnson, who has undeniably left a massive massive legacy for this new york city team and i think now toronto on the flip side of this probably while nycfc was losing a lot of you know experienced mls veteran players who you can count on toronto added a bunch 
in Matt Hedges and Sean Johnson uh, most notably, and they're going to be really strong in the back line now, which is where they struggled, you know, loading up the team with Bernadeschi and Insigne up front. Now that now they're a team that might struggle, that might balance things out in the back. And I would say, while NYCFC sort of falls down the table in the East, Toronto's maybe a team you could look to start moving up. Yeah, definitely. When I heard the news that you know Sean Johnson was leaving, I think it, you know we were tens- anticipating this uh, news. We knew that for NYCFC fans that there was going to be some big changes in the summer. Uh, excuse me, in this past winter, and uh, I mean we'll forever remember Sean Johnson as the man who saved all those penalties in the knockout rounds against New England and in Portland in the final. Uh, but he is the captain. He was the captain, so we do got to you know. Mike is giving a little prayer to say thanks to Sean Johnson <laughs> behind the mic. But, it's you know, there's always new chapters in these teams, and I think uh, Toronto's a great club for him, and he's going to be playing up north. So when he comes back, hopefully, to Yankee Stadium or City Field, uh, he'll get a great ovation from the fans. Or in the new stadium that is, I forget where. Never going to be built? Probably. <laughs> um, in, a couple, in a couple of years, in a couple of years, but yeah. yeah. No, but uh, as um, actually, as a beat reporter for NYCFC, uh, I was able to go to the – uh, Campeones Cup, and I was able to ask, uh, I was able to ask him a question, and and he was, uh, he was kind enough to respond. So uh, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, definite, uh, definitely sad to see him go. But um, let's see how the new season starts off, which is in what twenty one days, I believe I saw. Twenty one days. I do want to touch on that it would, though. It could. I think it's going to twenty two th- days if it starts on Saturday. I don't know. All, all I know is I that don't it, know the it, date it, offhand. It's it, it is. It is early about March, starting again, like that. Yeah. yeah. But you talked about teams going engaging in on new chapters. We have to talk about the other local team. There's two New York teams. If we talk about one, we got to talk about the other. Michael, the Cosmos. The Cosmos? Nah, they they. I don't <laughs> think they've played a game in like three years. <laughs> no, they're talk about they're the in the NISA. We have to talk about uh, the New York Red Bulls. Okay. Let's talk about the Red because Fine. if there's one team that held on to players more than any, with the exception of U.S. Men's National Team defender Aaron Long, the New York Red Bulls did that. That's a big deal. Who? Aaron Aaron Long, have you heard of him? 2018 MLS Defender of the Year. Can't say I've heard of him now. Uh, 30 caps for the men, for the U.S. Men's National Team. Captain the team like eight or nine times. We're talking about the national team captain. That's crazy. You don't even know him. <laughs> anyway, he signed with LAFC in the offseason. Did he? A good move for him personally, I think, okay. because you know he's from the Los Angeles area. I do think the Red Bulls not bringing in a center back is a problem. But they strengthen the team everywhere else on the pitch. I thought uh, they're gonna have some. They're gonna have some problems in cent- in central defense. I think they're gonna have even bigger problems than NYCFC will have because while Andres Reyes, who will be playing most likely against the U.S. tomorrow night, um, he he's been so so good for the Red Bulls since joining from Inter Miami. But he has discipline issues and injury issues, so you have to expect him to not play a full season. It's just not gonna happen. Sean Nealis, on the other hand, probably tipped to become the new captain after Aaron Long. Um, just quality wise it's inconsistent from him he really commands he really commands the area in the back but he he's he can get wrong footed a lot good for an error here and there especially in possession um but Reyes and Nielas should be strong enough to carry a team to the playoffs especially towards i i think towards the top half of the eastern conference because now they've brought in Dante Van Zier from Union SG in uh Belgium he he is what the Red Bulls wanted Patrick Clamala to be I think because they're around the same age, they both emerged pro at around the same time. Klamala never really found a goal-scoring touch in Europe the way that Van Zier has in Belgium, and now, yeah, I'm gonna keep talking about the Rebels, Mike. I <laughs> yeah, see that luck. I see that luck. I'm gonna keep going. I'm not stopping you. No one's. What stopping Dante Van Zier brings to this Red Bulls team is what 
no other striker has brought since Bradley Wright Phillips. Mm-hmm. So this is this is an opportunity now. Now there's no excuse now for the Red Bulls. Now they have the players. They have Lucinias and Lewis Morgan, who's coming off of a 14 goal season, and they have these pieces in the midfield now that Edelman, Amaya, Yearwood, and uh, who? Oh, you brought the Piemonte Calcio kit. Nice. And and now <laughs> in the back as well, they brought back Kyle Duncan. So maybe Dylan Ellis won't have to play so much at right back. This this is a team now that. No longer has the excuse say, well, if we had a striker, we would be scoring more goals, winning games. Now that they have that, I think this is a, this is a year now where the Red Bulls have to start looking at trophies or at least getting close to very close to a trophy. Semifinals of the Open Cup last year was as close as they got, and they blew it, lost five one to Orlando City. Um, I think this is a year where they can look at the Open Cup, MLS Cup, MLS uh, Supporter Shield, all as achievable. Probably not. They probably won't be the favorite for any of them. I think the Open Cup probably still the best one that they can win because they love to play with that frenetic pace. Just I think that they're that cup style of soccer. It it benefits the Red Bulls, but I don't know if they're gonna get the best out of it because they never seem to do that in cup competitions. So we'll see. Shout out to Chris Armas. He's now the assistant. Oh my god! Yeah, Chris Armas. Keeping the Jesse Marsh connection alive. Um. I won't say much more about Chris Armas because a lot of it will get negative if I do. <laughs> very negative, very, very quickly. Negative. Well, I mean, you know, can we touch, good for him. Good for can him. We touch on the him. on the leaks cup. We, uh, yes, we can. That's an interesting. It's one. an interesting uh, new competition. It's the leagues cup. See, the leagues cup is what the Campeones Cup wants to be. Okay, the leagues cup is a World Cup style tournament uh, with both Liga MX and MLS teams. Yep. Um, I think it's a good idea. Just you know. To bring in just more entertainment, more excitement yeah, within yeah. the league, like a World Cup star tournament between clubs is not something you see frequently, uh-huh. especially between other countries. Um, I I don't think it's going to take away from the allure of the Concacaf Champions League either, which is starting up soon too. That's the true. Club World Cup, Seattle Sounders. If they could, if they if they if they win, they play Real Madrid. <laughs> They're not going to win the whole thing. Uh, you never know. The but Seattle Sounders aren't going to win the Club World Cup. Are you crazy? They're not. No, they're gonna win it. I'm just reading. I'm just I have a bet it. about that. It, Joao Joao Paulo is going to score wow. a hat trick on Thibaut Courtois. Wow, that is. They're you heard it here first. You heard it here first. One forty three in the afternoon yeah. on uh, fr- um, January twenty seventh, twenty twenty three. James Burley has just said. Uh, <laughs> who who did Seattle you say, sir? Joao Paulo. You don't know Joao Paulo? No. Oh, he's top top central midfielder in the league, my man. Great. Um, speaking, it's terrific. <laughs> I just look. At, I'm looking at it right now. NYC FC is in the group of Toronto FC, so that's a quick, you know, oh, n- reunion. Nice reunion. With Sean I, is it here or at? A... Um, I think it's here in Yankee Stadium. Oh, but they play. They play each other in every um, home. So, and the Rebels are with Atletico de San Luis and New England Revolution. I don't remember asking for that, but sure. I'm just stating it because we know we got to talk <laughs> about our teams. I know. So I we got to be respectful here. No, but um, as as we're gonna move on to another league, uh, James actually kind of spoiled this. Did um, I? We're gonna talk about Serie A specifically, uh, Piemonte Calcio. What happened um, to Piemonte Calcio? Well, Gino, fun fun story. Apparently, they've been uh, making some numbers up, you Ooh. know, with uh, with paying people. And uh, to make a long story short, they have been deducted. 15 points in their current Serie A campaign. Now, for context. Before the ban, they were sitting in third, and they had a bit of a title charge. T- tied for second as well. Yeah, and they had a bit of a title charge until they got demolished by Napoli 4-1, I believe, or 5-1. I think it was 4-1. It, it, it was, yeah, it was 4-1. It, it, it was 5. 
Like I I, I remember watching that game and I was like, okay, you know, the Juve don't have a a chance. But now with this fifteen, it was, oh, five. It was, five. It was five. Excuse me. Um, but because of this fifteen point deduction, Juve are now in in eleventh on twenty three points. And there are a couple of rumors that because of the players who accepted maybe uh, some of the payment uh, under the table, they might get banned for a month. Really, uh, I, I've heard rumors about. So for example, Liverpool guard um um. Mello, I, 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 Arthur? his last name. Thank you, Arthur. Arthur. Arthur Mello. I, I wasn't sure if it was Arthur or, or Arthur, so I didn't want to. You can pronounce it the way you want. Exactly. Either way, I don't, he's anyway. not going. He's not going to tell you. Gonna no. he's gonna... <laughs> anyway, main point. Uh, he he. Uh, Liverpool got him alone, but he might be banned for a month. Like all of the players who who accepted payments under the table may be banned for a month. Ronaldo somehow may be involved. I was going to say that. So, like, involved is, is 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 this also assuming that the players knew that they were being a court- paid? According to Illegally? some sources, there was a group chat where where um uh I'm blanking on his name, uh, Chiellini said in the group chat, "Hey, just just don't tell reporters this. <laughs> we're, we're gonna do this under the table." But is that uh, why he went to LAFC? N- no, that, that's why Aaron Long <laughs> went Aaron to Long, LAFC yeah, to replace Chiellini before he goes to jail for participating yeah, no, in the Ponzi no, no, scheme. Yeah. Yeah, but, okay. but the point is, uh, Juve are appealing this as they as they should because it's 15 points. But um, it's going to be interesting to see how the players are because even uh, um, the people who went to Tottenham, uh, Fabio Patrici, the the he he's one of the senior roles at Tottenham. I forget his his, his sports official. director. I think. Thank you. Yes. Um, also, uh, James is checking on me. Pat- Paratici. Yes. Uh, also, Kulovski. Um, Kulovski. What did I say? Kulovski. Close enough. Um, <laughs> He, you know, like a, a bunch of players can be caught out with yeah. it. So it's going to be. But the interesting thing is for the people who aren't in Syria now, f- technically the um, uh, Italy has to like do an extra step to get those other players. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see if it pans out. Maybe they don't. All I know is that uh, senior members of Juve, uh, um, Agnelli, they, he has a ban. So it's going to be very yeah. interesting to see how Juve recovers and also how this plays out in the winter transfer market. Because as of right now, Juve are. Like I said, eleventh with twenty-three points. How many games are left in the season? Uh, they have twenty, so they thirty-eight. So they are legitimately at the halfway point, and um, they are. Let me do some quick math. They're think... twenty-three. Fourth is at thirty-seven, so they are okay. fourteen points 14. away from Champions League. To make up fourteen points in nineteen games, it. I don't see it happening, and that has a huge issue because, you know, obviously the money that goes into it. It also depends on the type of players that you can get. Now, now, will the people who are at Juve do they want to leave? Because has, has Paul Pogba have has he made an appearance for the club? Oh, I don't, I don't even I think don't, so. I don't think he has. Yeah, uh, I think I think he's gone there for fun or something. So someone made a joke. Greta, he, he played, Greta, he, Greta, he Greta Dun- money. Greta Dunberg last went to school before yeah. Paul Pogba played a football yeah. last played that, a football game. Mental. I think the winner here is Paulo Dybala. He left Juve. Oh, he cried his emotions. Hundred percent. Won yes. the World Cup and now playing Roma. Yeah, under Jose Mourinho. Under who, Jose Mourinho. And uh, speaking of them, uh, they are fifth, but tied for third on thirty-seven points. So they are in the Champions League battle. Yeah. Um, and they and they benefited massively from Juve because. Juve w- was in the top four, but now it's going to be interesting to see if Juve offloads some of its players because you know if you're if you're one of the stars on Juve, you know you have Chiesa, um, Chiesa, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know it's going to be Chiesa. interesting. Exactly, and Chiesa. It's going to be interesting to see um, you know who leaves, who wants to leave because you know obviously they want to play in the best competitions, and unless if they pull off a miracle, they may not even make Europe because every game's a final. 
Yeah, because um, right now sixth place is that would be conference league, but it it usually shakes out to seventh. But um, it's it's thirty five points, so they're still a long way behind from having any anything in Europe. So only time will tell, but it's not looking good for them. I just want to. I don't know if everybody knows about this. This is not Juve's first time yes. being in this game. This is the second time. Second and, and compar- or third. And compared to the last punishment, they got off easy. Because oh. last time, they went to Serie B. Uh, they've done that more than once, what actually, in their history. I, well, I'm, I I'm talking about the 2006 the, the two, With the referees. Yes. I think there was a big scandal in Italy a long time ago. I don't know if they were the only team affected by it, but a lot of teams were relegated because it used to be a rule to play in Italy. You had to be domestically tied to Italy. This is a rule that a lot of leagues had for you, you mean like only Italians. Yeah. So what they would do is they like teams like Juventus would like sign Brazilian players and then just like say that they had an Italian uncle and like make a fake (laughs) person. And then they found that out and they relegated them. They're like, you had, you had foreigners on your team when you weren't allowed to like, that this, can, this has got to be a long time this was, ago. I this think this was, was a long time ago. I think it was no, earlier than like that. 80s. Late I can, 80s? I don't 70s, know. Yeah. If I knew what the scandal was called, it's an Italian word. Yeah, I like I like the 06 one, Calciopoli. Yeah, Calciopoli. Yeah. Like, everybody knows yeah. the Calciopoli. It happened. But I wanted to say, you said yes. it's in- interesting to see who stays and who leaves. I'll just list the na- the players who left okay. in 2006. Turam, Ibrahimovic, Emerson, Patrick Vieira, Fabio Cannavaro, Gianluca Zambrotta. Those are big names. You've got big names. You've got World Cup winners on that team. Players who chose to stay Alessandro Del Piero, Gianluigi Buffon, Trezeguet, Paul Nedved, Giorgio Chiellini, Sebastian Jovinko, Claudio Marchisio. You had foundation there that did stay and did leave. And I think that's what's every time this, ha- this sort of thing happens with a big scandal with a big team where you know, like they have a, a down year, there's going to go through major turnover. Some stay, some go. I, I would. I would be surprised if um, the biggest of the biggest players on this team left. They still have a chance to get back into Europe. They have half a season to make up, what, well, what well, is it, 12 so, points? So right now it's because I, I forgot that um, I think, uh, there, there's only one domestic cup there because, it, because in England it's technically the EFL winners that go mm-hmm. into the European Conference League. But for Serie A, that's sixth because then the, the winner of the Coppa Italia is in Europa League, so it's fifth place. So right now they need to get into sixth, which is 35 points, and they are on 23. Yeah, so they're 12, 12 points out. Yeah, but nine, half a season, though. Half a season. You also have to remember, they're a lot better than 14 of those teams. Only four of those teams, would I say, are even competitive with Juventus. That is true. I mean, it's going to be very interesting because obviously, you know, they have a, a Di Maria. Yes. So it, it, World uh, Cup winner. Exactly. Yes. World Cup winner. Yes. They also have a Juan Cuadrado. Shout out to my fellow Colombian. Uh, Weston McKinney, who actually may He's be gone. on the move. Is, He's, he'll go. <laughs> that's not here yeah. we go. No, but it's a loan, according to our. Uh, goat for Bitter Romano. He performs it, he, well, and he is a. It's uh, not a here we go yet. No, it is not here we go. But uh, he did tweet that a, a, a couple. Of, no, no. Uh, here we wait. <laughs> yeah, here, here we wait. wait. Um, but it's going to be very interesting to it's see how um, how they react because you know, like I said, this is a big scandal. Obviously, not not the first one, but 15 points is a, is yeah. a massive thing. I I would hate to see my team Liverpool see that because I would lose my will to live if Liverpool lost 15 more points. But um, yeah, moving on. Uh, I, I feel like that was kind of a good segue. I was going to say one last you have something thing. To add? Yeah, one last thing I'm going to say about this whole scandal. Obviously, when we talk about you know this current Juventus scandal, we have to go back to Calciopoli in '06 and the other teams in the league. But what I think is you know considered like back in the '80s and '90s, like Serie A was the best league in the world. We didn't even talk about the Premier League or La Liga. It was the best league in the world. The names went to Italy. 
But after, you know, the College of Police scandal, the scandal that James was talking about you know, a long time ago. What's the name of that one, James? Yeah. Trump looking for it. Trumpoli, Trumpoli. And with this recent news about Juventus, it not only doesn't stain like Juventus, but it stains the reputation of the league. And, you know, that's why in the past couple of years, Serie A hasn't been, like, you know, considered the best league in the world anymore. Obviously, we know the Prem is the best league in the world, and the big names go to the Premier League. So I just want to touch upon that for, you know, a couple of last little fact there. But, uh, yeah. hey, Juventus, at least make Conference League, you know, do that. Maybe, do yeah. That. But, yeah, but then they should win that hands down, and then when they don't, I don't want to hear it. Well, they have to win Europa League this year. If they want to go to Champions League, they are in Europa League. So, oh my, I forgot. But we about can't that. let that happen. It has been we need, so long. You know, a Man United to win the Europa League. I'd rather see um, a Barcelona. Arsenal. See, I'd rather see Arsenal. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Arsenal. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, but talk, talking about Arsenal. That, that is an excellent segue. Well done, me. Um, over the past week, we had a match week. Technically, it's 21, but was it? Now we're at nine, but because of the postponements, um, a couple of big matches. I'm going to get. One of them out of the way. Liverpool faced Chelsea in what was known as a, and I sent you a photo of this: the battle of mid, two two mid <laughs> teams mid. going after each other. Um, you know, Liverpool has been struggling to say the very least this season. Same thing with Chelsea. However, battle Chelsea seemed to do something that Liverpool has neglected to do, is to open up their checkbook and literally buy every player on the planet. I mean, they bought Mud. Uh, Mudrick is that his name? A- am I pronouncing it right? Who? Who? The new player from Chelsea. Uh, new player for Chelsea. Mudrick. Mudrick. Are you above who? No, no, no. Mudrick. Do you spell not know it. who I'm talking? No. They spent a hundred million dollars on on for Chelsea. He's from the Ukrainian guy. Yeah, what's his name? Oh, Mudrick. Oh, okay, okay. Mudrick. What did I say? Mudrick. Mudrick. Okay, stop making fun of my accent. I thought you were. I thought you were like making a Mudrick joke. I, I thought no. <laughs> what? No, I know how to say Mudrick. 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 Okay, fine. How about this? You don't have to say it like a Russian, but I am Mudrick. Okay, how, how about this? The new signing is that better, guys? Sure. Well, they had a few of them. Yeah, they had yeah, a few yeah, yeah. That's the yeah, issue, you know. But the point is, see, you know. They spent a hundred million, and they he did. and he's on the bench right now. Um, Chelsea's spending this you know, past winter has been insane. I, I I forget the numbers, but I saw like the amount of money spent in, in the winter alone. You have Syria at like twenty five, or I the, the numbers may not be accurate, but then and then you see the Premier League at like four hundred, and you're like, where did that come from? Well, you see, you know, Chelsea spending millions upon millions, but you know, it shows that he is backing Potter for now. But yeah, I mean, so obviously, uh, to um, just make it short, they tied zero zero. Um, I I I just don't know what to feel. Every error comes to an end. No, no, no? I, I don't want this one to end because the thing is, he was out of contract this year. But then we uh, signed Klopp until twenty twenty four. I think it's safe to say that Klopp is not going anywhere in the near future. Yeah, and when but, I say that, I mean. The next season he will be here. 2023? Yeah, 2023. Because you were asking me a couple of weeks ago, do you think that fire him? I'm like, no. If anything, he he has to leave. It was clarified later on in the media that. Like, if anything, he would leave. He would would never get fired. It's his decision. Exactly. Because he wouldn't leave. He'll stay until, you know, they don't want him anymore. What he's done for Liverpool cannot be, you know, said enough. You know, he, he, he gave Liverpool its first Premier League, you know. The sixth Champions League, you know, FA Cup, Carabao Cup. Well, he's won every trophy. Yeah. He, he's he's won the lot. Yeah. Um, but to see them in in ninth at twenty nine points with games in hand, but with the I, players, you know, who's part of that generation, that era. And, and the thing is, you know, 
FSG aren't really that, that willing to, you know, do what Todd Bowley's doing and spend the money. Arsenal are backing their manager, and we'll get to Arsenal in a bit. You know, the, I do want to. Yeah, I do want to talk about even for um, United. I mean, sure, Blazers. you spent eighty million yeah. for Ant- Anthony. I'm not sure if that one's working out, but but the point is, you, the teams are getting the money. Liverpool, we have to make do with with whatever we have and hope that 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 we get Bellingham in the summer. Mm-hmm. But you know, I remember Liverpool were going to go for Enzo Fernandez. We were going to go for Caicedo. They went for Cody Gakpo. We got Gakpo. Yeah, no, but, but uh, okay. I mean that y- y- he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. Y- but but the point is, without the injuries, we wouldn't have got him. That was a sure. It's because of the injury. It. I definitely think he's a plus. You know, once he gets acclimated, if he gets acclimated, because we all know sometimes players don't. They don't work out, but give him time. But mm-hmm. right now, the the main problem is 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 the injuries and just the fact that the midfield. I, I think when you're relying on on Milner, it there's a bit of a worrying sign. But you know, um, hopefully, because I know that Liverpool may have uh, they're open to selling a part or the entire thing, flat out. Um, but yeah, as of right now, ninth in the table. At least we're above Chelsea on twenty nine points, but with games in hand. Um, but how confident do you feel about this upcoming round of 16 against Real Madrid? A little rematch none. of the last two none. Champions League finals they've been a part of? No. None? No, okay. L- let me, I-, I have to back Liverpool because it's my team. But if you ask me who would win, if, if, if you were neutral, you're going to go with Madrid. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think a neutral would say, yeah, let me take Liverpool in that. I mean, it, I, I know that uh, Jota might be back for that. So it, it all depends on the players that we have, but currently the squad right now, with, with all of its injuries, if you play that starting eleven against Madrid, I th- Madrid easily win. I think the Fenway Sports Group might might sell the club. Same as the Glazers. Did, I mean, they, the Glazers did, are. I mean, Man U. The Glazers dancing. are selling. Yeah. I think or, a good news for Man United was the Stratford end. They're going to do some. They're re- they're, they're getting rid of the executive so that's, spots, that's and they're making it more fan of this for, yeah. new era. But there's a lot of you know clubs, big clubs. Speaking of stadiums, Anfield is renovating. I believe. Are they? Some. Uh, I I think they they have plans to expand Anfield. Um, but I, I mean, look, FSG as a whole. I, you know, I I kind of I didn't have a I wasn't that big into soccer. So you know, I, ten years ago I followed it a bit, but I only became a, a big fan in the in the most recent years. So you know, I what FSG has done for Liverpool, I think overall was a great thing because if you remember when they took over in like twenty eleven, Liverpool were were not looking good, and and look at them now. Now you know under Klopp, especially what Klopp has done to the fan base as a whole. When you look at the other side of Liverpool who have fired their manager and is putting up their club for sale. Um, it's very interesting. But uh, enough about Liverpool. Uh, we're going to talk about a game that was actually... Um, game of the season? Yeah. I wasn't going to say... Unfortunately, I missed it because I was on a flight back from Colombia. definitely I, I the game of the it. season. Um, um, well, until we see Arsenal, Man, uh, Man City. City yeah. But <laughs> Arsenal against Man United. Twice. This Yeah, twice because they still haven't played because they still haven't played each other. Yep. Um I have to say, Man United, felt, uh, I remember hearing a lot of people say, oh, yeah, we're on a title charge. You know, we beat Man City. You know, th- this was a very important couple of fixtures in January. You had um, City, which you beat. You drew against Palace, but then, unfortunately, uh, Arsenal beat United 3-2 be- uh, because of a last-minute goal by... Say it. <sighs> One of you... Sa- both of you are United fans. One of you say it. You let him score two goals. 
He's a good player. Well, I didn't let him. Well, good point. Good team. point. Good point. The team line. It but definitely was. Also, if you saw the third goal, it just like bounced to him. And, and it, 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 I was and on it, a flight. I did not see this. And it was bound this. to happen. I mean, if you saw the last 15 minutes. That was game, all Arsenal. It, it was like all said, Arsenal. On a flight. But touching upon that, it was the game of the season. Um, Arsenal were at times were a little shaky in the beginning of the mm-hmm. match uh, with their passing. The second half was absolutely much better from Arsenal. Most of their reporters were, you know, still uh, – Voting on Arsenal to win the game, especially the last 15 minutes, you know, attacking and recovering the ball, which was very annoying for United fans because they kept attacking, they kept crossing the ball. Martin Odegaard, to think, you know, he was 16 years old, subbing in for Cristiano Ronaldo in Real Madrid, to not getting any Uh, game. And he's the captain of Arsenal, right? He's the captain. And deservedly so. And And he wasn't getting any game time at Madrid and decided to join Arsenal in becoming one of the best players in the in league, the possibly I swear to God, player no. of the season. It, Nor- Norway's got to do something about these players producing man. more players. Come on, like like they don't have to be that good. They just like another. Like, they just are yeah. another more like Bundesliga caliber starters, so that Norway can qualify for the World Cup, so we can see Odegaard and Holland link up on the world stage. Because I I do not want to see Holland. I do not want to see Holland. You're legitimately talking about the best striker in the Premier League and potentially the the best midfielder. And you're potentially talking about the best young midfielder in the Premier League at the same time. I have to say that's that's crazy. And they're both from Norway. As we're talking about that. Huge shout out to Arsenal because obviously Arsenal have been uh, a bit of a banter club under previous years. Just a bit of banter. Yeah, you know, especially uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a- a- um, AFTV Ty. You know, we 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 love watching his his rants. Well, don't swear at me. Yeah, <laughs> not swear at me. And I hope Brighton get relegated. I hope yeah. Brighton get relegated. Because you no, know, because no, no, no. my face is cheap. But um, shout out to Arsenal, especially Arteta, because I remember seeing the um, the, the documentary All or Nothing. Really? Oh yes, 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 go, yes, yes. You got to remember, it. it's been raining. What would you say? Oh yeah, you got to remember, raining. it's been the raining. The pitch has been raining. Yeah, you're raining. cheat. Yeah, but um, you know, they have really turned it around. Halfway through the season, fifty points. Even in their it's, invincible run, incredible. they were not at it's fifty incredible. points at the halfway that, point. I then this is a good thing that's brought up, and I'm this is this is tangential. We'll come back in a minute. What the fact that the pitch the pitch has been raining or no 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 no, no. this is about Arsenal invincible. Oh yes, people often only say, one loss this season. Every, by the way. Everyone United. Yeah, yeah. That's everyone, impressive. Everyone always like points to the Invincibles as the you know the, the team to team. team to measure up to in the Premier League, which is, makes sense. They didn't lose a game, but then people start saying, "But we won more points." What so? I I think it's interesting. I think you know, win the league, not win the league. The the conversations of what was the best single season in Premier League history are always pointless. Liverpool. They're fun. They're I'm fun kidding. to have. Yeah, I know. So you no, know, but you that's a conversation you can have. Man City as well, getting a hundred. Yeah. yeah, you can talk about this. But I I still I still think there's a reason why it's only ever been done once, and it's and well, it's being and it's okay. being. Ampli- I've done it multiple times on FIFA. Okay. Okay. It's being amplified now by the increasing by the increasing quality in the Premier League and the increasing young quality at the top end. Correct. Because it's all young the, the pace of play now is insane. It's all young players and this is happening in sports all over the world. Leagues are getting younger naturally. And I think that's what's what's making the Premier League now take a step from one team finding a way to go undefeated and now multiple teams because they're so good you know, really separating the pack. It's not good for the quality f- between teams 7 and 20, but it's good at the top end because we're getting ridiculous title races mm-hmm. in the high 90s of points after 35 games. That is insane, yeah. So that that it makes that part of it more exciting is what I will say. And I think that's just one, one way to look at the way football has changed in the last 20 or so years. Can we, can we say with that game, 
that Arsenal won against Man U. Have they won the league? No. No, they haven't. No, because They're the favorites. F- yeah, but but the thing is, remember, it's only a five point ga- uh, five point gap. Yes, they have a game in hand to Man City, but guess what team they have it's... not played at all at, at the time of recording this episode at all. They haven't played Man City. Yet. I think what it's a twelve point swing. It is a twelve point. Yes, no, no, no. Don't forget. By That's the time two six pointers. By the time this Correct. is aired, they will have played at least once. Not in the prem, but they haven't played at all. So, the, and I know I'm getting a bit ahead of myself, but the game that is happening in fifty six minutes will have an impact in the prem. It's a different competition, <laughs> but yeah. it will. I it's, think. Yeah, I think what Arsenal minutes. Arsenal fans were looking at at this game, especially, it reminds me of the O four the invincible season when Arsenal went to Old Trafford. They had to win the game, basically, to like confirm that they were going to be the winners of the Premier League that season because Ruud van Nistelrooy had a penalty. He didn't make the penalty, and Arsenal won in Old Trafford that season. And you know, Is this the year after the Invincibles? No, this, is the, this Invincible is the Invincible season. Okay. And, okay. Arsenal, and Arsenal fans knew that if Arsenal won at Old Trafford, they won the Prem, and they did win the Prem. So Arsenal fans this season were looking at this game to be like you know a little resemblance of 04, saying like if we beat Man United at the Emirates, we will win the league. And you saw the atmosphere at the end, like they were going crazy. No, no, don't, get never, don't get me wrong. I've never saw the, the atmosphere at the Emirates. I've never is saw the em- thing is, even there. even in an FA Cup win or or like a, or a championship team. I've never seen the Emirates that like ecstatic since like old videos of Highbury. You know, no, yes. but, but the thing is, like the people who said if we win at United, we win the league. That's a bit disrespectful to Man City because Man City is well, literally yeah. their well, closest well, opponent. That's, that's my point exactly because City now you know are the team to beat. Yeah, four and, and they five. haven't played them twice, home and away. They haven't so played them at all. It's, and City are back into their consistency of Holland scoring goals. He's just scored a hat trick. His you know, fourth hat trick. Fourth hat trick of the season. I don't know so, how. It's a lot. Like why? Please so, stop. So you know this FA Cup we're gonna this FA Cup tie we're gonna see you know a clash between In the, you know, the two favorites. Minutes. But as a United fan, I do want to see. I want to see James's uh, perspective on this. Do you prefer City to win the league this season or Arsenal oh, to win the league this season? I, because I, I have. Who did you say you want? Well, I didn't say who, but like. No, no, no. Yes, you did. Yes, I, you did. Well, I'm changing it now. What did you text? I said, no, no. What did you text me? I said I'd rather see City win the league, but then again, I remember City is going to win three in a row, and that's something that has been done since United in the 06 that's to the 08, issue, 09. Yeah. 06, 07, 08. But then again, Arsenal winning will hear the bands from tie for the tie. Rest of, We're going to win the quadruple. Yeah. So I don't want to hear that. I mean, th- th- they could still win a treble this year, Arsenal. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. You but I can handle it. Arsenal, like, Arsenal. I-, I can't handle the treble. Please not. No, 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 I can handle Arsenal winning the prom. Good point. I can, good point. The, I can handle that. The, the Gunners haven't even been in a title race since, since since United were their biggest foe. You know what that I mean? That's true. So that's why, that's, why that match has such, that's why that match has such a big significance in, you know, the Arsenal lore of it all. And... As far as things go for the for the red side of North London, this has been a year to remember. Even if they don't end up winning the league, which I, I'll say it now, it's theirs to lose uh, right now. It's theirs to lose, but I still think in a in a one off game against Manchester City, Manchester City is the better team. On paper, so, yes, absolutely. On paper and in the way that they play, I don't. And remember, I don't, I don't Arteta think is Guardiola's um, apprentice successor. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think uh, Arsenal pick apart teams the way City does when that they're at true. their when right. they're at their right. best. It's gonna be interesting uh, to see the lineups, which we're gonna get to in a couple. I of think. Minutes. I think. I yeah. I think the FA Cup result will be telling, but I don't think it'll tell the whole story because oh, yeah, no. you know it's at the Etihad. It's a one-off. and it's, it's a at the what? Sorry, the Etihad Stadium. The Etihad. The Etihad. The Etihad. Sure, you can the go. Yeah, there we go. All right, fine. Uh, I'm I I'm not in a position to be making fun of empty stadiums personally as a right. massive MLS He's a fan. He's Red Bulls guy. But I forgot. Yeah. Yes. So uh, I'll 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 let you guys do <laughs> do what you want to do. 
Anyway, I, I, I don't want to say that City are the favorite to win the league because they're not. They have to play catch-up. I do think if they if they win the first league tie against Arsenal... Then I that think, makes it a two-point, yeah. I think it's two points and then it's anybody's game. I mean... Arsenal being in the driver's seat is the best thing that they could have at this point because, you know, imagine the banter at the end. Oh, the, they bottled it. Classic Arsenal. Like, that could happen. But also, there's growth. You have, to, have, you have yeah. to look at what it is because there's a reason that they haven't been in a title race since United ran this league is because they haven't had a vision or direction for so many years. There's no passion, no vision, no aggression. And you look at the team now. There's, that was a good reference. There's all of the, they have all of these things, and they're young. And they're getting better year after year. Bukayo Saka is is a, is a bona fide superstar, mm-hmm. and Martin Odegaard. We're talking about him. He's yeah. one of the top five midfielders in this league. Ramsdale is uh, also a decent mention. Ramsdale is a mention, more than decent. Keeper. Honorable mention when we have against Zinchenko. Zinchenko is a amazing. Great praise. I'm not gonna on lie. Sunday. I remember someone saying this. Man City was Martin Martinelli's underrated. Martinelli, Man yeah, City yeah. was disrespectful to Arsenal because they let. Uh, Gabriel Jesus and Zinchenko both go just to walk. Arsenal. Just like, walk. And that, that is just disrespectful. That's, that's the worst. Right. Part that would never happen. That's just the worst part of the over over saturation of money spending in business and football is because, like, genuine. If you want to call them world class, you don't have to. I'd say on the line to class players like Zinchenko and Gabriel Jesus. I will call Jesus world class. Yes. Zinchenko is probably one of the better left backs in the world, and he can play uh, in a, as an elite central midfielder too mm-hmm. on the world stage. He's shown yeah. that mm-hmm. to to have spent so much money on players like Grealish barely even play, mil. and then you just let these players go. Good for Gabriel Jesus. Good for Zinchenko to not only go to Arsenal, find footing be, in the team, but yeah. to come, but to go to the top of the prem as well. Yeah. Good for them. And that, 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 like, look, I get it. You spend money. It's a business. You want to win. You spend money to make money. But these are still people. And to just put a price tag on them, discard them, when they're clearly so clearly valuable, too, in the cases of those players, I think it's a disgusting thing. And good on them for Jesus will come back from injury in, what, early in March? A couple of weeks, yeah. Yeah. Uh, good, good for him for having a good season before the injury as well. And good for Zinchenko for being a baller. Mm-hmm. I hope Brian get relegated. <laughs> True. Now, as we move on from the Prem, we're going to move on quickly to the lesser of the cup competitions, just because uh, I want to shout out uh, your team, Man United. Uh, Thank you. They beat Nottingham Forest 3-0, putting themselves in a good position to get into the... Um, final at Wembley and then obviously Newcastle winning 1-0 in the other one um, what was your take on the b- both of your reactions uh, quick reactions because I do want to get into the better uh, cup competition you know I think the in the first I think half it was a little bit shaky but then towards the end was really good I think you know a three goal uh, you know uh, match was really good but I think we got to talk about the players especially Marcus Rashford on the form, he, of his, he's a, on he the is on life. fire. Yeah, I feel like after the Euros penalties shootout, um, Saka and Marcus have turned it around. Mm-hmm, totally. Best players Completely of the agree. season. I don't. We can't compare the two, but you know, we got uh, Marcus is definitely for Man United has been in the form of his life. I think he scored 19 goals this season. Uh, it's been like so 10 far. and 10 games after 10 the 10 World Cup, yeah, or 11 and yeah, uh, it's it's been insane. Lissandra Martinez, you know, coming back from the World Cup, he's just a warrior. I mean, if you saw the Great header player. against Arsenal, so that was so a good header against Arsenal and shortest player on the pitch as well, five six, which I is think. impressive. Yeah, as a center, as, as, as a, a center, center back, back. As a center back. Yeah. Jamie Carragher, come on, man. James, what's your take on the quick uh, three nothing win? Well, I'll say moving forward, they played probably their strongest eleven, except for maybe Varane mm-hmm. against uh, Nottingham Forest on Wednesday. Next Wednesday, um, with a three-goal cushion, I don't expect them to play as strong of a lineup. And 
Just and this time it's at home. And this time it's so, at home. So, so it, it was, it was a good think, away I victory think, as well. I think you're going to see a lot of um, experimentation with this lineup. Definitely a Garnacho. Definitely yes. a, yeah. uh, well, I forgot the other guy's name. He played uh, for the, one of the League Cup ties. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was I don't know who you're talking about. Or something like that. I don't know. But uh, as but, we are yeah. running out of time, let's quickly go to the main uh, trophy, the FA Cup, the main cup competition. And uh, as we've been basically talking about for the past couple of minutes, the big the big tie or the big match is Man City v Arsenal. Um, quick score predictions because this, this game is in less than an hour. Gino, you first. I want to say it's going to be a good game, but I'm not sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's going to be a good 2-2 tie. Do you want the lineups? I have uh, a I'm they're at not the up bench. yet. They're not you can yet. see Man City's bench. I, I can see I can see Man City's bench. Walker, which has... Diaz, Phillips, Cancelo, Laporte, Alvarez, Alvarez, Silva, and Ederson. That's a lot of subs. I give it a three and two. Cole Palmer. Whoa. Give it a three two. James, I'll go for I'll go for. Wait, wait I'm sorry, Gino. Did you say two two tie? Three two. I oh, three two. I'm gonna go for Who I, wins? I'm gonna say City wins. So so City winning at home. Holland scores twice. Three two three two to City as well. Oh, okay. Uh, just, uh, no, it's three one to City. Okay, I'll just because I don't want to copy all of you, I'm gonna go with an Arsenal win. Okay. Just because I feel like it'd be too lazy and uh, yeah, it, it would be too lazy if we all went for Man City. I'm gonna say Arsenal's gonna win it. Two one. Now, what about Liverpool versus Brighton? I prefer not to speak. Um, I hope Brighton get relegated. I I do hope Brighton get relegated. <laughs> um, for United, I, I don't know. For I don't United, know. I have confidence in this United team. They're going to be upset alert though. It could happen. It could but happen. I, I, but, I don't think it will. But with this new defensive line with Licha and Varane, I well, I don't know if they're going to play together because usually the FA Cup they don't play each other. But I, I, it might be Lindelof yeah. Licha. So I think you know this new defensive line is going to be really strong, and United's going to win it. I think all of our teams are, are going to advance. That's the main point. At least into the next round. I don't know. Danny Welbeck is the form of his life. Brighton, you're, you're okay, going I'm away. not talking Danny, about Liverpool. I'm, I'm, talking about I'm talking about United. Like, I'm talking about United. I think United will you get You said through. our teams. Okay, okay. I, I was trying to have that as okay. like the wrap, but right. sure. Mopai, Hopefully, you're fine. Hopefully our teams advance. Is that better? Is that better, James? I'm going to say it's unlikely for Liverpool. Okay. No, but I, but unfortunately, that's all the time that we have uh, for this episode. Uh, massive thanks to both James and Gino for putting up with me for the no past World Cup hour. Packs. Uh, yeah, and uh, once again, shout out uh, to Pat, who is our pr- radio producer. Um, and yeah, hopefully we'll uh, hopefully we'll all be here next week to talk about uh, more prem. See you guys. <laughs>